I'm, you know, I'm never ashamed to say my background. You know, I'm an ex-offender. Um, I was a high school dropout. And um, about the age of 24, I started changing my life. And um, I started getting into social service work, helping other people. Um, I went through a program at the time where I, when I was incarcerated. And uh, it was a program where it was uh, a violence prevention program where we had to take classes from like seven o'clock in the morning to like eight o'clock at night. And while I was in a program, I heard some information that resonated with me. And I met some guy, a guy that was a, a group facilitator and a, um, case manager. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm gonna be doing what you're doing. And he was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but I did so well in the program that when I got out, they offered me an internship. And then six months later, I had keys to the same jail that I was previously an in, inmate in. And um, that's the first point when my life started to really change um, and the trajectory started to change for me. And so it's been an interesting journey. so much for joining us for another episode we've got a great one in store for you in case you happen to miss the last episode here's a quick snippet and then we will get on to the show be able to define it whatever your idea is very easily why buy is ad-free clickable video if you see something in a video you like you can click on it and buy it immediately you know like you have a pretty good idea of what I'm talking about. It's like YouTube, except there's no ads. You can click on things in the video, buy it immediately. If you have a cool idea, be able to explain it to somebody pretty easily and ask 10 people. If more than half of them think it's pretty cool, then do your homework. There's a lot of tools out there. Google, do a lot of marketing research, right? Like know what the market looks like. Um, know your competition and then as a product manager building a software product i follow an agile methodology which i like because it's very non-technical and i'm 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 not a technical person i just like to hang out with people but um like don't do a bunch of steps just do the one thing today right like they say that like to-do lists to be effective. Don't write 10 things on your to-do list. Just write a couple. If you complete them, put some other ones. But to get started, if you have a really cool idea, maybe your only thing for the day, try to explain my idea to 10 people tomorrow in an easy way. Just leave it at that. Then the next day, you know, find write on your to-do list for today. Uh, research 10 companies that do something similar. That's it.
Edward, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we have, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're really doing a lot of things to impact people at a major level. We're going to get into to what you do and how you're impacting. But tell us, tell us first, what's your story? How did you get started on what you're doing and what your your, your current journey is? My story is an interesting story. Um, when I looked at my life, one day, I, 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 you know, I got to a really low point. Um, I was working, uh, I was gainfully employed, um, but I was living paycheck to paycheck and it was a real struggle for me. I oftentimes tell people there were times where I would go to my room and cry like a baby because I couldn't provide the resources for my children. And so one day, man, I just went to the mirror and looked in the mirror and said, you know what, something has to change. I can't live like this no more. Um, I'm living mediocre at best, and I know that there is more in me, but I don't know how to get it out. I don't know how to tap into it. I don't know where to start. And so I just started div uh, diving in deep into personal development. One of the first books that I got my hands on was a book uh, from T.D. Jakes called Reposition Yourself. And in the book, it talks about how to identify purpose and or um, your niche. And it was a very, very simple process. You write down everything that you're good at on one side of the paper that you've been, good, that you've been told you're good at, the things that you do effortlessly um, and that you've always been uh, commended for doing. And then um, you write down all the things that you're passionate about on the other half of the paper. And somewhere in between that intersection of the two is what your niche is. And so I looked at everything that I was good at and all the things that I had been passionate about. I said, every time I spoke over the course of my life, um, people were really moved and I was always well-received and I had a passion for it. You know, they say public speaking is you know, ranks right next to death uh, in terms of things that people are most fearful about. And that has never been the case for me. And so I started to think about in the past how I facilitated classes, how when I would speak, people would be really moved. And I said, you know what, I, I, I want to become a speaker. And um, I didn't start immediately. Um, one day I was talking to my friend and he said, you know what, you've been talking about that for a long time. When are you actually going to do it? And that's what started me on the journey that I'm on. Got it. Okay. So you focused to determine one, you had some discomfort with what was happening, really the situation at the moment at your life, got to a point, uh, got into self-development realized, hey, you need to focus on your niche and what you were, you were kind of most passionate about. And then that was, was speaking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, it, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, transpired prior to, to even that point. Um, I'm, you know, I'm never ashamed to say my background. You know, I'm an ex-offender. Um, I was a high school dropout. And um, about the age of 24, I started changing my life. And um, I started getting into social service work, helping other people. Um, I went through a program at the time where I, when I was incarcerated. And uh, 
it was a program where it was um, a violence prevention program where we had to take classes from like seven o'clock in the morning to like eight o'clock at night. And while I was in a program, I heard some information that resonated with me. And I met some guy, a guy that was a, a group facilitator and a, um, case manager. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to be doing what you're doing. And he was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but I did so well in the program that when I got out, they offered me an internship. And then six months later, I had keys to the same jail that I was previously an in, inmate in. And um, that's the first point when my life started to really change um, and the trajectory started to change for me. And so it's been an interesting journey. But I wouldn't take back any of it. Yeah, that's that's good not to want to take anything back. We got to go through whatever it is that we go through to get to where we're at. Yeah. Tell me what what is it about the speaking? What is it about that that really interested you so much? What is it about that? Well, well, prior to deciding that I wanted to speak, when I started engaging in the personal development, I'm talking about books, seminars podcasts, YouTube, and I'm, and I'm, a, I'm a personal development junkie to this day. Like, I don't waste a second of my time. I heard somebody say before that they made their car a university on wheels. When I'm walking to and from destinations, I have my ear pods on listening to some kind of podcast, some kind of information. And the significance of that is this, is that the information changed my life. One of the first people I listened to was Les Brown. And what he said is, in order to interrupt the negative stinking thinking that's going on inside of your mind, you have to counteract that with something. And so you have to you have to constantly ingest content. You know, my favorite book in the world says um, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And I believe that. And, and so I know the power of words. I know the power of content. And so as I started ingesting this content, I started experiencing a transformation inwardly. And then I started achieving things that were once in a distance for me and what made me want to become a speaker and a coach was I want to dig back and grab people that are exactly where I was at, frustrated, confused. They know that it's more. They know that it's another level, but they don't know how to get there. They're stuck in a rat race of life, going to work, coming home, paying bills, going to work, coming home, paying bills, spend time with the family. The routine is the same but you're living a life of mediocrity at best. And I remember Dr. Miles Monroe said it best. He said the, the, the richest place in the world is the graveyard because there you have so many dreams that were never actualized. You have so many books that were never written, so many albums that were never done, so many people that never became engineers or doctors that had all of this with them, but took it to their grave. And so I decided, I wanted to go on a mission to make sure that wasn't me, but more importantly, I want to reach back and grab other people that's in that situation who might not have the opportunity, or I won't say the opportunity because they had an opportunity, but might not know how to climb out of that hole 
and figure it out. And so that's why I do what I do. Uh, that's commendable. That's commendable. So, so tell me this. So you, you got into the self-development, you got there, you said, okay, I want to become a speaker. Uh, so that began your entrepreneurial journey from there. So from that idea, so I know at this point, so you, you've, you've written, you know, you've written, you're an author, you speak, now you're, you're putting on workshops, you've been doing things online. Uh, how did, how did that progression happen? And, and what are some of the challenges you had? What are some of the things that you learned in the process? Tell us more on that. It's been a journey. It's been about four or five years. You know, what's funny is, um, I was looking at my first video the other day. I went to my YouTube page and I looked at my first video. No, matter of fact, it was in my phone. I saw the first video on my phone and it was, um, I believe it was uh, April 6, 2014. Um, when my friend challenged me, he said, man, you've been talking about being a speaker a long time. When are you gonna actually gonna do it? And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna do something. And so um, I did, I, started a YouTube show called Motivational Mondays. Um, But prior to that, prior to that, um, I had this reoccurring theme of team no excuses in my mind. Um, And it all stemmed from, I was at um, my son's football practice one day and he kept making all of these excuses of why he couldn't uh, perform. And my other son was there and I said, listen, man, we're team no excuses, right? And so, Fast forward to, I started my first YouTube show and I just started hashtagging team, no excuses, team, no excuses, team, no excuses. And, um, you know, people started to gravitate to that. And then I built a, I built a, uh, online community that eventually grew to about 25, it's about 2,500 people right now. Um, but at the onset, um, my focus was around helping people become the best version of themselves physically, spiritually, mentally, financially, and relationally. And um, so I started throwing a lot of events um, and the movement started to progress and you start seeing Team No Excuses. And then that eventually evolved into a clothing line um, with my with, with the Team No Excuses. Um, then the, the the speaking started to to pick up, and then that eventually led to me getting certified as a life coach. Um, um, and then I put out my first book last January, and since um, since things have just started to start rolling, but it all started with that first video, which when I look back on it, is horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> I'm sitting there looking awkward, uncomfortable. Hi guys, this is Motivational Mondays. But that first video led to everything that um, that, that that has ensued since. Awesome. So in that in that process and that progression, uh, anything that you would do differently, or you would you would counsel somebody else to think about as they're approaching these this different approach to branching out into to different uh, different areas? This is what I would counsel people. Don't try to skip the process. The process is where you get made at. 
you would learn all your do's, you learn all of your don'ts, but the knowledge that you acquire along the way, I'm so happy that my progress has been incrementally because I learned a little bit more on each level. I'm glad that I didn't start off with a lot of resources because I learned how to do a lot with a little bit. And so when you come into having a lot, you're able to do that much more because you've had to be resourceful with a little bit. A lot of people think that they need all a whole bunch of money to do what they're trying to do. I've been able to do what people with a lot of money are able to do with limited resources based on having favor on my life, based on making relationships and being diligent about seeking out a way to do it. And another thing that, that I encourage people to do, everything that you do, you should do it with a standard, with a standard associated with it. And so even when I'm working with low budgets or have worked with low budgets, that has never compromised the standard of what I do. There's a way to do what you want to do. You just have to be resourceful enough to figure out how to do it and not let that be a barrier in your mind because you feel like you don't have the budget. And so I, I would just encourage people that on each level, learn what to do, make the relationships, be a student. I study every single day. I work every single day. And this journey of entrepreneurship, I was telling somebody else, it is like an adventure. Like it's fun, man. It is extremely fun because you have the ability to build and cultivate something like to literally go from the point of having an idea and then that thing being a tangible product that you created from concept to completion. There's no better feeling in the world. And so my uh, encouragement to everybody would be um, enjoy the process. The process is where you get made and you get developed so that you can be effective on the next levels. Nice, nice, nice. So your, your focus right now with the, the, you know, the book and the speaking, I know you're, you've got a workshop coming up. What is your what is your primary focus with uh, you know with the communication and and with with the help? Uh, what would you say that is at the at the moment? Well, what I do is I specialize in helping people um, take action by identifying and eliminating the excuses that's stopping them from living a life that they want to live. And so I have a four method uh, a four a four-step methodology by which I help people do that. Number one, um, you have to, and it's called the four A's. So, so the first A is acceptance. Like you really have to accept the areas that you've been making excuses. And that's hard for a lot of people because in order to, you got to have some real honest conversations about you, about yourself. Like I know um, ET and, uh, and um, C. DJ always talk about self-assessment and self-assessment is really important because the worst thing you want to do is lie to yourself. Like until you identify and face the areas of your life that require growth, you'll never be able to move forward. And so the first step is saying, you know what? I do procrastinate in that area. You know what? I am a little bit lazy. You know what? Not having resources. I have allowed not having resources to hold me back. And so you have to accept the areas that you've been making excuses. Number two, 
Then the next A is accountability. And accountability is making a commitment to carry out whatever is necessary to be where you want to be in your life. So many people say they want to be somewhere, but they're not willing to do what's required to get there. They have this, they, they, they put out, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that, but the actions are not lining up. And so accountability is just about taking complete ownership over your entire life. The things that have happened in the past, whether they were your fault or not, right? That Those things might not have been your fault, but you still have a responsibility to create the life that you want, despite the adversity that you experience, despite the setbacks, despite not having the support that you need, despite anything that's negative that may come your way, you know, um, you still have a responsibility. One of the things that I always tell people is this, as adults, a lot of times we have a lot of reasons why we didn't do what we aspire to do. And some of those reasons are justifiable. But whether you have justifiable reasons or not, we have to look at the black and white. Either you got to the goal or you didn't. People feel good having a reason to justify why they didn't get there. What I'm suggesting is you look at the fact that you didn't get there. Instead of using all this energy to justify why you didn't get there, let's use that energy to get there because you still didn't get there. And so that's what the accountability piece is about. Action is just really about getting off the bench of life and getting into the game um, and taking action. And um, one of the things that a strategy that I share with people um, that, the, you know, um, a quick one, and I've been sharing it over social media lately, um, it's called the speed of implementation, right? Um, to help people. How many times have we had an idea and talked ourselves out of it before we even, <laughs> even got started? And so I encourage people, one of the, I have an um, a action plan uh, that I created similar to the four A's. It's a five-step action plan. And then one of them involves um, taking action when the idea is hot and the emotions are strong, um, something called the speed of implementation. When the next time you get an idea, um, act on it immediately right? Um, before you allow yourself to talk yourself out of it, before you begin to procrastinate the next idea. And I use that to get people in the habit of acting quickly and promptly, not only quickly and promptly, but definitively, right? You got an idea, you say you want to do something, let's put the play in motion. Let's go right then. And then the last A is adaptability, which is really about resilience. And it's really about understanding that it's not if something is going to come to knock you off your square it's when it's going to come it's about being prepared to make the pivots to adjust to the challenges of life so that you can continue to keep going um like in december i had three of my aunts pass in and uh in three weeks and yeah and i had every every reason to, you know, to justify why I'm not doing this or why I'm not doing that. But that's what adaptability is about. It's about when the setbacks come, how are you going to be able to be prepared to respond to them um, so that you can move forward? And so um, I assure people that if they apply those four A's to any area of their life where they're making excuses, they will eliminate those excuses. 
Very good. Well, well, first, yeah, sorry for your loss. That's Thank pretty you. tough. You know, and that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a tough, uh, tough December there. Um, well, I guess let's see. So for, for what you're doing with how you've broken everything down, I, I like how you've kind of broken down things into a system. And so mm -hmm. you've got a system that you can provide out there. So as you're taking, I guess, a look at going to say, take that system and speak, right? And take that system and break it down into workshops, right? Uh, a lot of information within say a book, but there's something to be said about conveying that so that it's consumable and scalable. And how, what would you share with somebody that then has a system or they have uh, something that they're working at trying to bring to market or a business that wants to then speak maybe sharing workshops to be able to take that information to be more successful with it. What are the differences in those, in those formats? I think what's really important with that is, uh, you know, anytime you can provide a solution to somebody's problems, uh, then they'll, they, they'll compensate you for it, for lack of better words. And it's not about monetary compensation, but whenever you can, pour into somebody and help them achieve what they aspire to achieve, then you always win. And so um, I know Russell teaches us that um, like people need to feel like whatever it is that you're presenting is the key to their problems and that they, they can only get that through you. Right. And so you have to structure with your content, your message in a way where it's like you're the the, the front runner or the leader um, and make people confident in your ability to help take them through whatever journey they're looking for, right? And so my responsibility is to help people think that without a shadow of a doubt that if they want to eliminate excuses from their life, I'm the guy to help them do that. I've seen something interesting that you've done, and I was wondering how you did this. I've seen you share how you've literally gone up to uh, basically kids at school, like, uh, you know, teenagers at school, uh, coming home from basketball practice to speak with them and to then be able to pour into them some of this type of information. So in terms of being able to communicate to say a, you know, almost like a stranger or to just somebody that you are trying to uh, uncover uh, ways to help them, how do you approach that? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, one of my favorite group of people to talk to is athletes and especially student athletes. Um, I played sports. Um, I went through the recruiting process with my son. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Um, early in his college career. Um, but I, it's just something that I'm passionate about. But I think in terms of um, communicating with people, I think what's important, man, is to be authentic, right? I don't try to be anybody other than myself because I realized that I, I, I learned early on. And even as I did this last speaking engagement, I have a coach that was coaching me. And he was like, man, listen, um, you're not speaking to everybody, right? When you go in there, there, there's a tribe that is strictly yours that's waiting to hear your message. And um, when people, yeah, yeah, I'm not even going to go into all of that. But the thing is, about, it's just about being authentic, man. 
It's about being authentic, about being who you are. I speak with passion. Somebody told me once, what comes from the heart reaches the heart. And so I'm authentic and I speak from the heart. And when people feel like you genuinely care about them, like that young man that I stopped at the practice, I saw him walking with his cleats. I, I don't even know him, but I genuinely care about him and his, and his future and his, um, and his uh, college career. And I just wanted to share some things that anytime, you know, um, I see a, a student athlete, I always pull them over. I always talk to them because one thing that you'll realize about, um, especially trying to play sports and get to the next level, there's a window of opportunity. And each year it gets smaller. And so you have to maximize that. And so I really want them to understand that. It's almost like I'm talking to my own son. Um, but I don't want – I think, you know what, I, now that I'm talking and I'm thinking through it, I think where it stems from is that I don't want them to experience what I experienced. And so that's why I, I, I approach them in that manner. I, I circled a couple couple things on here. I don't know if you can, can see it. And obviously it's not going to come through in the podcast, but there are two things here that I, I noticed that I think relate to this here. Maybe this will break this down for the viewers and for you and for me. And this relates to other conversations I've been having with entrepreneurs and other conversations I've been having with thought leaders. And essentially it's what you said about with the self-development, you got into self-development and then you start to focus on your purpose and your niche. All right. That's one thing you said. Another thing is you talked about self-assessment. And so here really caring about the other person, what is it that would enable you to care about the other person? You'd have to self-reflect a lot. You'd have to know, at what you care about and why, what is your niche? So then you're able to connect with that tribe or you're able to connect with that other person. But if you're not aware, if you haven't really looked at why you care, who you care about, who you're trying to pour into, uh, it seems like there's a connection there. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that, man, because when you really, really, and you know, we hear this a lot in our line of work, um, about adding value to people. But when you really authentically want to see people be better, when you authentically want to see people win and you give all of yourself to help people do that, um, the biggest payoff is the transformation. Like, you know, I'm doing better than I was before, but that's not the biggest payoff thus far. The, the, pay, the payoff is the transformation, the way that I'm thinking now, the way that I'm able to move. And so when you impart that to other people and help them get to that level, the payoff that is there, the money will come as a byproduct, right? As you enrich people's lives and help them live better, the money will come as a byproduct. But if you lead with the money, if it's only about the money, listen, we all have to have a bottom line because we all have to live, right? But for me, it's purpose-driven. And I'm not saying I want one without the other because I desire both. I desire to be, um, I desire to be uh, wealthy in the multiple ways, but, my, but, but it's not for material products. I just, like I told you earlier, I never want my children's options to be limited due to lack of financial resources. And I want the freedom that's associated with it. Um, and so it's not about, you know, the items or things like that. But when you come from a place of purpose, um, I think, I think 
I think you will be anchored with something that's so much more deep, so much more profound, so much more impactful. And when you impart, it'll be more life-changing when it's from a purpose versus just a business model or a structure of how you want to deliver content or information to change people's lives. I think the, the change in people will be longer and be sustainable, more sustainable and be a, on a deeper level when you come from a place of purpose. Absolutely. So from here, what would you say? So for your, for yourself in terms of four sort of next steps at being able to sort of grow your brand grow some of the offerings to scale it more uh what what are some of the things that you see and sort of the next sort of steps or some of the next levels that you need to learn or to grow or, or to implement the scale um definitely marketing like marketing is everything right you can have the best message in the world but if nobody hears about it um it's not going to be that effective and so i'm really really studying studying marketing um, like you and I spoke about earlier, uh, Russell Brunson, man, I can't say enough about this guy. This guy is like the truth. If anybody out there, if you haven't got your hands on expertsecrets.com secrets, marketing secrets, yet you need to go get it yesterday. Like you need to go get that. Um, you got the Billy Jeans, you got the Ty Lopez, the Grant Cardones. And so I'm just, I'm just studying and studying and studying. Uh, to be more proficient. <laughs> I see you got it. <laughs> I see you got it. Mine's is actually in my car right now because I take it everywhere I go um, and I read it when I get opportunities. But um, in terms of scaling my business, um, one of the things that is going to be important for me that I'm really focused on this year, one was to get the the, um, the personal development workshops and speaking engagements. Um, but I do have uh, uh, some some online courses that I, that I will be uh, working on this year that I will be putting out um, I mean, the importance of online courses is, you know, it's funny, we, we're having this conversation because I was thinking about it earlier. I was thinking about, uh, so what if you get sick or what if you're not able to actually go to a speaking engagement because that requires you to be present, right? And so you want to make passive income and residual income. And what's the way that you can still add value to people um, without having to physically be present? Right, because a lot of people say that's a job if you have to physically be present. And so, um, the online courses are a billion-dollar industry, and so I definitely um, plan on having a couple of online courses up uh, this year. Um, and so that's definitely um, one of my more immediate focus uh, between this quarter and the next quarter. My goal. Well, I'm gonna focus this quarter. I'm gonna focus on making sure my personal development workshops are really strong. But next quarter, um, I'll be focused on um, the online courses. All right. And since you've been focused really on getting these this courses and workshops together, there will be people that are listening that haven't entered that yet or have failed at doing that. So what are you implementing so that you can make sure it's effective, that people experience change and they walk away from there with more value than what they would have spent to, to go there? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I haven't actually started uh, doing the online courses yet, um, but with the workshop, um, I have some very specific things that I want people to get. 
out of it. Um, and the, the workshop is a four hour workshop and it's based on the four A's, right? That's my methodology. That's my Bible of how to eliminate excuses. Not because the four A's sound um, good to be a process. Uh, I, I developed that based on evaluating my life um, and what helped me transform my life. And then I started um, using it when I would work with clients that I was coaching. And so um, what I plan on doing is some of the things that I want the people to get is first, I want them to be able to identify the excuses that they make, right? I, know, I want them to no longer be in denial. Um, I want them to have a, be able to clearly identify. Um, and so that's structured into the very first part of the, uh, the, the workshop for them to be able to identify. And the opposite of excuses is taking action. And so they will have an action plan um, in that portion of the workshop by which they will have a step-by-step plan on how to get to whatever goal it is that they desire and or goals. Um, if I show them once, then they can apply it to other areas or other goals that they have as well. And um, then by the time they leave, um, I want some accountability measures in place. And so I haven't revealed this to anybody. I'm glad this is a closed group, um, but I will have them link up with an accountability partner from the group and um, that they will check in regularly um, about their goals. And then uh, they will report back to me where they are. And so what I want to do is uh, I'm building community as well through, through, uh, through them staying connected um, with their accountability partners and then reporting back. Uh, I'm building community so that people can continue to move forward um, because that's what, that's what allowed me, especially to get my book done. One of our BU brothers was my accountability partner. And um, it's just something about when you have somebody um, beyond yourself to be accountable to that pushes you a little bit more. And so those are some of the things that are, that, that are my must, people must get in order for me to feel like the workshop uh, was effective. Got it. So here, this, this just popped to mind that we should speak on for a minute. I would really be curious for you to talk a little more about community, about the importance of community, how you build community, what people get from community. So somebody that may be thinking about business and making money and entrepreneurship, they may be missing the importance of community, but that I think is a game changer. What thoughts do you have on community? Okay, so uh, so when I teach, I teach from my successes as well as my failures. And um, I think one of the things about community is, uh, we talking about on social media or are we talking about just period? You know, what I guess what comes to mind for you, I, when I think of community, um, I'm really thinking of a place to bring people to, or it, I think it can be, it's social media, it's in person, it's, there's just the concept of the community and how it empowers you, how it helps you, but also as an entrepreneur, you got to bring people into community and keep them somewhere, but then also the community, somehow there's a reason it, it does something and it helps you in a certain way. You have to lead. You have to lead with giving, right? When I started Team No Excuses, um, I had a I had a following, a strong following, long before I was even speaking regularly, um, and it all started 
at the onset, um, and and I'm and you know I don't want to offend anybody with um, what, what I'm going to say, but um, you know I have a relationship with God, and so I don't mind talking about God. And so um, at the onset, He told me, um, "Worry about being a blessing to the people and perfect your craft, and you'll never have to worry about anything." And so that's what I set out to do. And so um, again, the focus was spiritually, physically. Um, financially, relationally. And so I started throwing a lot of events and I didn't charge anybody anything. I had um, fit camps where I had personal trainers come out and train the community. We used to go on hikes with other hiking groups. I used to have free credit repair workshops, uh, fatherhood activities, just all of these different kind of things. And I never charged the community anything. I did it genuinely and authentically from my heart and when people see you continuously giving, right, and you have no ulterior motive, but your, your, your focus is really to enrich the lives of other people, then things start coming back. And you start to build a strong, um, authentic following that will stay with you versus if, you know, people can feel when you're just trying to sell them something or something like that. And so um, I would just say whether it's an online community or in the actual community, um, give give and you, and you will get back in return tenfold. Uh, absolutely. So let's see. So from here, if somebody wants to connect with you, somebody wants to follow what you're doing, somebody wants to participate and help out in some ways. So what ways can people connect with you? What ways could they perhaps connect to collaborate uh, or help you with what you're doing? What would be the best ways? Oh, I forgot one of the biggest events that we that we did annually. I didn't do it this year because I had so many things on my plate um, and not enough uh, support. But we, we 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 have an event that we do annually called Operation Give Back. And um, the first year we handed out about a hundred care packages. The second year we did two hundred. The third year we did four hundred. Um, and it, what we did is over the Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and, I, and you know, it's crazy. So, so when I'm talking about giving and things will come back, listen to this. I was able to get socks, gloves, beanies, scarves, and non-perishable food items, as well as to toiletries to pass out in the bag, all from my Facebook network. I let people know what I, I let people know what I intended to do with Operation Give Back, and so many people donated monetarily. They would go buy the items. And so each year we would do that. And so I plan on bringing that back um, this year as well. And so if anybody wants to get involved with, with, with me, they can uh, uh, DM me directly. Um, they can hit me by email, info at edwardelmore.com. I'm on every social media platform at edwardelmore.com. Um, you can reach me at edwardelmore.com. Um, I'm totally accessible and I love connecting with people. And so, yeah, man, if you, if you, if anything that I'm saying resonates with you and you just want to connect and talk or whatever it is, um, I'm totally accessible. Awesome. And your book is also called No Excuses. No Excuses. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, and you can also pick that up at um, edwardelmore.com or on Amazon as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Edward, for, for joining us. This was, was really a very good conversation. I think we got into a lot of value. I think we're going to help a lot of people. 
give some entrepreneurs some great perspective and I really appreciate you, you know, taking your time to, to join us. Okay. Thank you, man. It's truly an honor and a blessing to one, be part of the community, but two, um, for you to share your platform with me, man, I'm extremely honored and thankful to have the opportunity to come on today. Thank you for listening to another episode of Errol Helps Entrepreneurs Increase Visibility, Credibility, and Profitability. If you enjoyed the conversation today and you find yourself wanting more, there is. These conversations are recorded live in our closed Facebook community for entrepreneurs called LinkedIn Mastery. Head on over to Facebook for LinkedIn Mastery to find the extended clip of this recording along with many other conversations and resources to help you in your entrepreneurial journey. Just be sure to replace the Y at the end of Mastery with three E's and join us at LinkedIn Mastery. Enjoy this sneak peek of the upcoming episode. And if you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe so you get first notification of all upcoming episodes. And if you really like us and you want to help more people hear us, be sure to write a review, a five-star review, and let everybody know how Errol helps entrepreneurs. That is transitioning to your confidence. So sales, anything in life is really about confidence. The more confident person is always going to have the upper hand. And not to say it's competition, but really, if I'm in a conversation with a prospect across you know, the table from me or on the phone, I have to have more confidence that my service is is good is valuable and obviously asking them the right questions and hearing their needs and connecting is their problem and my solution the right the right fit and then in the sales world once you're more confident and you've had your beliefs um aligned with who you are and you're really honest with yourself honesty being the best policy right now you can start to take action, massive, immediate, <laughs> inspired action. So now when you're um, going to networking meetings and you're, you're, whether you're passing out business cards or collecting cards or you're on the phone with prospects, you're um, making videos, Facebook Lives, you're, whatever you're doing to attract more traffic to you, you're doing that action from an inspired place because you know that, A, I have something good, B, I have something valuable, and C, this is going to be something that people will will pay me for and enjoy and consume and then become your evangelist and <laughs> and spread that message to more people. I mean, that's, you know, the that's the golden goose right there. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Mastery, where entrepreneurs go to network and learn how to attract their ideal clients via LinkedIn and broker powerful connections worldwide. Be sure to visit us at LinkedIn Mastery on Facebook. Be sure to replace the Y with three E's and join us at LinkedIn Mastery.